Hi everyone, welcome to The Human Show, proudly presented and supported by worldpodcast.com. Here we explore the relationships between people, technology and business. Join us on this journey where we interview anthropologists, other researchers and industry people from all over the world, from India to Kenya, US, Europe, to right back here in New Zealand. Hi friends, in today's episode we are talking to Malé Luján Escalante, design researcher and educator, and Luc Moffat, philosopher. Malé and Luc are speakers at the Responsibility Summit happening on May 20th and 21st, 2021. We are talking to Malé and Luc about the topic that, will, that is bringing them to the conference and the expectations that they share. We discuss how to use creative ways to form a space of exchange and how to exercise ethics. What is the end of me and the beginning of someone else? We also cover ethics for more than humans. If nature can produce technologies, then why would it not have its own ethics too? Through the Is It Ethical platform, they have formulated an ethics to design approach which uses design research and playful art thinking methods to support knowledge exchange and ethical reflections for responsible innovation. Malé and Luke give us a sneak preview of the ritual design workshop Dancing with the Trouble of AI and invite participants to come for a dose of hope instead of worry. We hope you enjoy it. Hi friends, we are here today with Luke and Malé. Hi Malé, hi Luke. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm very, I'm very happy to have you with us today to kick off the, um, the speaker series for the third edition of the Responsibility um, Conference, which is the previous Anthropology and Technology. We've been a proud uh, partner for, uh, since the beginning. So I'm very happy to have you with us today to speak a bit more about your uh, participation in the conference. Uh, but before we go into that, tell me and our listeners a little bit more about yourselves. Who are you? What do you do? What what keeps you alive uh, in this world? <laughs> uh, so I'm Luke. I'm a, a philosopher by trade. Um, I work in the sociology department at Lancaster University. And my, my main work is about ethics of technology and specifically autonomous systems. Um, and I came into the Is Ethical Exchange um, while it was already running. Um, so Malé is probably um, the best person to give you some history on that. I'm a designer uh, and I this, uh, work in the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurship at the University of Bristol. And yeah, we create uh, together with Monica Boucher um, this platform and community and research center called Asiatical Exchange. Um, and we, the Asiatical the kind of was the outcome of a series of long European projects that were using ethnography to do, compile a repository of emergency response in, in the last 15 years in Europe and America and in both 34 countries, and it was a detailed ethnography of responders using technology. And out of that, we create a framework of ethical, legal, and social implications of technology in the domain of emergency response. And that framework ended up using 29 values, ethical values, mm. that should be inspiring to design and develop technology. 
um, within these values uh, or interlinked with that uh, thing, uh, it was guidance. And the guidance, rather than say you should do this or that, it was more about examples of ethical conundrums that technology uh, arise in practice when these practitioners were started using different technologies. And this, this uh, like guiding questions and examples of how people use to deal with these problems. And then this platform and community um, have a lot of traction, more traction than we could ever anticipate. And we start creating methods to work together with industries to kind of interface mm. practitioners, all that work, ethnographic work, with um, not just industry, but um, communities of standardizations and policy makers. Yeah. And uh, we use creative practice for that. Mm. So we thought it was a problem of communication that this community, these domains don't speak to each other and the best way that we could connect them is using playful methods, theatre, mm. storytelling, illustration. So we started testing different creative practice to kind of link these two things. And I have a lot of demand. We start working in the emergency domain, but when Lucas started working with us, it was we were working in medical domain, and now we are doing what are you doing, Luke? Now uh, it's moving into so there's some stuff with um, ethics of translation in AI for linguistic translation technologies. And also some stuff, as I mentioned, about autonomous systems and particularly the kind of the, the social dimension that autonomous systems create and how you understand it. So the whole framework has been used in different uh, domains. Uh, yeah. We're working at the moment with 5G mm. um, and artificial intelligence. And in this year of COVID, because the creative practice part was so difficult, Mm. Uh, because of the disconnectivity where we are living, we start experimenting with dancing um, and dancing through with zo in Zoom environments. Wow! And how <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah, how you connect uh, with dance and ethical values yeah, in Zoom. Oh. And we work together with a fashion, environmental fashion designer and an art practitioner. Mm and a DJ that made the music for us, and a like Aikido teacher, and a hit teacher that helped us how to move, and sci-fi, and a street dance. So yeah, we were creating this, and this is one of the workshops we're gonna run in the conference. It's called Dancing with the Troubles of AI. Wow, that's beautiful. I have so many questions, but I need to I need to skip on track to the to the conference. But maybe I get the chance to sprinkle my own curiosities in between. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about your motivation of of participating in the conference. Tell me tell me a little bit about that. Where did it come from? Like how how did you end up uh, being connected to the conference, and what exactly will will you be doing at the conference? Uh, yeah, to start um, usually. Anthropologies of technology mm. are the people that understand us the best with this idea of putting ethics into creative practice. Um, in all our people that we speak in our practice, usually anthropologists are the people that understand us the best. So for us, and also we recently, I'm, I recently moved to Bristol. So for us was a, a kind of a way to connect. 
Um, but then the conference is called Response Able, and it's a phrase or a sentence that has come from Haraway that we use a lot. Mm-hmm. Because in our work, we're really trying to move from the sense of duty that the word responsibility have, like, mm-hmm. um, for example, privacy by design or security by design and the desi- responsibility of the designer um, to anticipate consequences. And more about response able is like integrating within the design and the processes spaces for response. So when we... We were already following the conference, and when we looked at the theme of this year, we said, these people is talking exactly our language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can hear it. And and um, and what will you be doing at the conference? Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, as we mentioned, there's there's two things going on. Um, mm. So um, the, the paper that we're presenting is more just recounting our experiences with using is ethical exchange and using ethics through design in various projects and some of the kind of interesting uh, conceptual things that those experiences um, illuminate. So um, it's kind of that this paper is is really trying to um, communicate what ethics through design means as a method and how it emerges in practices and collaborations with lots of different types of people. Mm. And how interrogates both ethics and design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I think that's the the kind of energy or motivation, like you said, for talking in this conference specifically and about this stuff is that it's kind of represents a quite a fortunate kind of combination of stuff from the philosophical side and some kind of serious ethical theory that is actually trying to figure out big questions with design and with art practice. Um, and both of those things kind of equally inform how we actually write and present the work that we've been doing. So it's also trying to strike that balance of, of philosophy, which by itself can sometimes be overly abstract with design, which by itself can sometimes be a bit conceptually lacking. So it's kind of be mutually useful for both sides. Yeah, and you know, this is, I think, the intermezzo that I was looking for, for throwing in one of my questions, because when I was, my content questions, because when I was reading through the the description of, of you on the website, I really thought about two things. And now that you are talking about this, it also again comes back to, to me. So two questions, one is, what is your thought about ethics? Is it is it a question of uh, nature or is it a question of nurture, um, particularly in the technology space? Mm. That that is one. And then the second one is um, how do you see the tensions and the the of, of of talking, doing, and being ethical? Because what what I what I see is that a lot in uh, well, I myself as an anthropologist, I'm either interviewing or being present into the space of technology. There's a lot of talking ethics, uh, but but kind of like associated. So if I talk it, then I am, um, or if I talk it, then then I'm doing it. You know, so so kind of like the exploration of this: what is talking and what is doing and what is being, and is there a, is there a kind of a playful intersection of all of them through design? These are the two questions that are playing in my mind. Um, are any of those questions kind of uh, sparking something in relation to the paper that you're presenting? Or am I completely 
off the track and we need a separate podcast episode just for this <laughs> no it's actually an area of a struggle or maybe the challenge or maybe mm. it's even the motto that keep us going because ethics have a enormous western history charge I mean, it comes from the Greeks and then the French Revolution. And it means certain things very specific for us and not necessarily for the rest of the world mm. and for other ways of thinking. Um, um, it's also very um, near to morality or even legality. And recently in what you find in the industry, it's usually an administrative little office where one or two anthropologists work and no one listens to them. <laughs> uh, what we were trying to what we were trying to conceptualize is a space of ethics that is practical, that is ongoing in all the spaces of developing a technology from the design to the policy to the regulation to the end user, and also is collaborative and it's super contextual and creative. So we are trying to reconceptualize ethical practice as a doing, but as a doing together, um, rather than uh, the tick box exercise. Yeah, but then, but then what I feel you're adding to is another is is another interesting dimension, which is the which is the dimension of power and control, right? And the kind of the interpretation of, of, of the umbrella of ethics to kind of define certain norms um, under the gaze that is the, the group that is in power or the group that can tell you, you know, this is what is right, this is what is wrong, this is what is ethical, this is what is not. Um, so, and I think, I, I find that very interesting. That Go kind ahead, of Luke. strikes a chord, I think, with some of our, certainly some of my kind of, um, you know, theoretical motivations or interests, because a, a lot of the time in this history of of very European-centric ethical philosophy, the assumption is that it's only human subjects that can be ethical or not, that can be moral or not, and they just exist in a neutral landscape where nothing mm -hmm. else happens, and so ethical actions are just the result of human beings. And one of the opportunities that these kinds of projects that we are going to talk about present is that they completely eradicate that assumption and say actually what's important is to figure out not what human actions are ethical or not but how systems are ethical or not mm. and that system is an entire environment which has humans in it but contains lots of other things one of them being technologies so it's this kind of, you, you start from the assumption that everything can be ethical, not just humans, and then yeah. figure out, well, how is how does that work? Mm. But, but ultimately, it is also about power and privilege, right? And, and kind of like, how can you treat an ecosystem from an ethical perspective if you don't dismantle within yourself a certain view of looking at the world that informed your uh, lens uh, that you deemed ethical, which is not necessarily ethical, but, you know, like this, this is kind of like something very interesting that I find, uh, particularly for technologists or people that work in the uh, in the industry space, not not study this from from the theory side. Uh, it's like when I was a consultant working for companies and approaching the topic of ethics, I come from a scholar perspective where I show them exactly what you're saying. And then information and knowledge that is given to them from an expert position is not enough for them to 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 take different actions they in order to take different actions you need to 
uh, you need to change for yourself the way you look at the world or like you need to dismantle within yourself certain assumptions of power uh, in order to take the knowledge that is given to you uh, now and, and say, okay, I believe this is true. I believe this is how the world should be. Therefore, I need to change my program, my system, my algorithms in a different direction. So is, is this through the practices that you do, through bringing kind of ethics in this land of phenomenology to a certain extent, that that provoke more, um, let's say, personal investigations uh, that provokes more change, that provokes a different kind of stimulation of, of, of being in the world? Uh, yes, yeah, certainly. I, I also wanted to add to the layer of power and privilege mm -hmm. and the layer of um, the other, other struggles. Mm -hmm. For example, one of the problems is that ethics, or what you will say as the expert of, in ethics to an mm -hmm. industry partner, um, is seen as an obstacle for innovation is mm. seen as a barrier. Yeah. Um, and the other layer is that what we could say that is ethical in one environmental context, mm. um, it, it is different in another context. So after doing all that ethnography work and responsibility in Europe, I lived three years in China and things like privacy or even uh, community um, are very different understood yeah. and so in the last two years or so we're trying to integrate into the framework uh, indigenous frameworks and mm -hmm. other epistemologies like the pluriverse uh, mm -hmm. ethical frameworks and stress they think about the context mm -hmm. so what we're trying to create are spaces where the different stakeholders can be in the shoes of the others. So an example of this, um, we did a board game. There was like a table exercise where different stakeholders in an emergency domain um, have to respond as the other. Mm. And, and, and there are ethical things coming, questions coming up, and they have to decide what to do. Yeah. Um, and it was also this is the sort of exercise that that we're doing. Um, in this same line, this year uh, we're starting to develop a game called Sanka Game, that is about the decolonization of uh, or the opening uh, philosophical questions about decolonization. Um, with a car game. And these are the exact spaces where we situate, we don't, we are not trying to put answers or how to do it. No, no. It's just, I think for us it's enough, it's the right people talk to the other people in mm. the right way. Yeah. So it's more yeah. about creating this space of exchange than, yeah. than actually sort it out. That's wonderful. And, and I, I love that you use the word exchange and, and that hooks me into my uh, other question to you, Luke, because you mentioned earlier about uh, going beyond the human mm. when we talk about ethics and we talk about ecosystems. So so then who is representing the non-humans in, in this kind of like um, processes of inquiring ecosystem um, ethic, ethics? How, how, how do you see that? I, I lived in New Zealand for two years and there uh, there's a there's. There's, there's a lot of uh, epistemologies around uh, guardianship, around representation of non-humans. Mm -hmm. 
that I, I found myself very beautiful, but I do not recognize them in other parts of the world that I have been part of. So it made me think when you mentioned that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the first important distinction is is that it's not necessarily humans and non-humans, it's humans and more than humans. Mm-hmm. So um, the one of the kind of um, more philosophical aspects, I guess, would be that if you say talking about going back to technology for example if you if you say that technology is a part of nature that it's a natural process to some extent or even nature produces its own technologies then you have to admit that every technology that humans make and every technology that's made by more than human spaces or agents or whatever are identical are identified by some common kind of foundation they come they derive from something that's the same and if you accept that assumption then you also have to accept the same thing about ethics and say well if uh if nature can produce technologies similar to how we produce technologies why shouldn't it be the case that nature also produces ethics and that what we're doing is not dictating or defining what is ethical or not but rather recognizing values that are already inherent in nature as a process rather than as a static field and say my job is not to legislate or 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 create what should and shouldn't be it's to recognize in what already exists what should and shouldn't be and that seems like a much harder task until you just open your perspective mm. and see things yeah from an angle where you say it's actually there's not real any differentiation between me as a human agent and all the things I'm interacting with they're part of a a nexus of things going on and ethics is in there as well so it's not like it doesn't start from the human nor does it end with it it's kind of more about recognizing uh, ethical spaces if that makes sense yeah also what uh, uh, in industries really equalize or synonymous using human center or user center is kind of going in the same direction and I will interrogate what what is human mm-hmm. I, I, or what is the end of me and the beginning of the other is me and my glasses or me and my computer or me and my favorite memory or me and yeah. my son and my favorite tree and my favorite river and this soon that connect us and the screen what, what is the end of me and the start of you Yeah. So I think it's, it's a way of doing practice sitting very firmly in the concept of interdependence and inter- entanglement. Beautiful. And I think, you know, you will have also a workshop, right, in the in the second day of the conference. And I want you to, I wanted to ask you, uh, what do you need to to uh, to sit with that, those type of inquiries and 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 those type of kind of like provocation to a certain extent or questions that you that you send uh, that you put at the center of these spaces what what do you need as a participant to be fully present with you in that space of inquiry and maybe also tell us a little bit about how how you're imagining that space that workshop oh um <laughs> this is a new experiment Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, the the people that will come with that workshop don't need absolutely anything. It needs to be ready to connect with others 
I think that's the mindset. Um, but we have run it like two times and every time it's different. So it really depends on the people that come and connect with us and how they see it. Um, it, ha- it is a light experiment. So it's, it's, a, it's a social moment. And also it's an embodied moment. It's, it's about feeling ethics. When you're talking about talking ethics or being <laughs> ethics, but it is about feeling it. Um, so yeah, it has to be in the disposition of how can we break this barrier of the virtual connection, virtual connection, not connection? <laughs> yeah, we we were thinking it while we were devising this this thing, this um, this ritual thing, about why uh, it would be fun or interesting or worthwhile in in a conference. And given that all conferences, like so many things, are happening online at the moment, mm-hmm. we're thinking well. If we just have yet another paper where we're standing talking or you just hearing us on a recording talking about ethics, yeah, that's, that might be interesting. That might spark a few conversations or whatever. But, you know, to kind of um, disrupt the flow of an online conference where everyone's just sat listening to papers on yeah. screen. Yeah. But, well, yeah. the kind of secret motivation as well as the topic is like just getting people to move around a bit and interact with each other in a different way that might feel a bit strange but is ultimately like a way to just um not not just understand the theory or the content of what's going on but like yeah like like Malay said kind of feel it in a particular way so there's there's a way that you will interact with a concept if you're moving to it versus just reading it or hearing someone tell you about it you know uh, what makes it what makes it um, different uh, well, it's based on ritual design so we resi- we design an ethical ritual and it's coming from the last work that we did is in with 5g and we were working very closely with the different four labs that were developing the technology and we noticed that it's really exciting when you are in a in a design project it's really exciting and our colleagues probably were so inside of the project or what they were doing that it's hard for them to talk about it in like lay terms and it's hard for them to stop. And also we weren't kind of in competition with other other industry. (laughs) Yeah, we were, so there is a market pressure to be the first, the faster, the better. And it, it is really hard to make space for these conversations. So we thought we will do something so memorable Mm-hmm. That when they go back to their places and their practice, they will remember in their bodies these ethical values rather than say, oh, that's not my domain, let's do it. And then somehow we make it safe later or somehow we make it cleaner later or somehow we make it legal later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, so our, our inspiration is how we can do something with people that when they go to their own labs, they have that in their bodies. Okay. Um, and can you can you share anything of the exercises, or it's like all top secret? <laughs> I mean, the, the the whole point of them is that it's not you. You know, that's why we said you don't need anything to. No. to it's like you don't need any dance experience or to be an no. athlete or anything. It's all just movements that you that are designed so you can do them and be visible on a screen. So it's mo- a lot of hands, <laughs> but okay. really, I think it's it's more just. Some of them actually came when we were trying to come up with the movements. They just came from like talking about the ideas that we were mm-hmm. reading and stuff at the moment and kind of almost spontaneously just, you know, 
kind of like, oh, I don't know, something where you want to express like, oh, I'm so inspired by this or this is so interesting and you and you kind of want to move along alongside. It's, oh, let's make it about that, you know. So the idea that the, the celebrant uh, proposed a movement, but then the people own it in their own ways. Okay. But then something happened in the Zoom screen that we are no exploding at the most because you have all these little people around and they kind of connect with each other kind of uh, trying to create shapes with each other and the crazy thing is that each of us see a different screen because the zoom kind of rearrange the screen in different ways so sometimes by two two of the people, I don't know, 40 people that may be in the screen are dancing in a certain way because they two are connected. And it's wonderful. others follow. Yeah. And then other, other two have a bit more stronger yeah. movement and then yeah. the others follow. And yeah, we were playing of how we use the screen in a better way that is not so one-way one um, conversation. So that was our exploration, but it's experimental. That's <laughs> it's so experimental and also fun. That's the whole point. We are in a topic where you do probably know better than me that where as soon as we say ethics in an industry environment, we have a massive rollout of eyes. Oh. <laughs> oh. So we were trying to combat that. So we're gonna talk, we're gonna do some ethics in a different way where you don't roll out eyes. <laughs> oh, that is that is that sounds very wonderful and very intriguing. Uh, I do not know how it sounds for our listeners, but I hope uh, it's it's in the same way. So you don't need anything, just an open mind and uh, a desire to move your body, correct? <laughs> and meet others. Yeah. yeah that's, and that's meet and meet others in that space. I remember uh, many years ago when I was working for a company that that had the same kind of approach to to movement uh, that I hear from from the way you're expressing this. Um, I was uh, in a meeting with a group of people that were my team, uh, and I was asked to engage into a ritual of washing their feet. That was supposed to be kind of like a ritual of uh, centering us in in the humbleness of of what it means to be a good manager, which is being a servant to the others. And what does it mean to serve? So, so then in, in that particular company, they um, they chose this ritual as a kind of something that can anchor you into your own ethics of, of being a, ser- uh, a servant. Yeah. And what I found very interesting, uh, also watching others go through the same process, is is how this 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 provokes different reactions in people's bodies, literally, like, like even myself, right? Like just sitting on your knees in front of somebody else and, and washing their feet the, when, when you are in a position of, let's say, authority or power over them, it really provokes something in your body, depending on what is your approach to uh, authority or power or no. Mm. So I, yeah, I, think, I think that's another kind of, motivation is that um it's that there's not just the rolling eye syndrome there's the fact Mm -hmm. that you a lot of what we're trying to talk about the underlying realities of that we're basing this on are are quite difficult and controversial and often have high cost even directly to people's lives i mean all the stories of uh, that you hear of like ethics experts being fired by Google and the stuff mm-hmm. that makes it even into the mainstream news is is quite shocking. So we wanted to also confront the fact that um, there's some there is something disarming about 
moving through a, a talk or an idea rather than just talking about it. And that cre creates its own ethical tension, because if you want to go and disarm a bunch of people or t catch them off guard, you have to be very careful that you don't also alienate them or, or, or do yeah. harm to them. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. But I, I also what I wanted to say with maybe my little story is that you reach for spaces inside yourself of, of potentiality. You, you you go past the space of judgment and shame and, you know, I'm not doing this well or I don't know what it is. Is it like you're judging me? I'm not good at what I do. And and you reach spaces of deeper personal inquiry. And I think I think what I find very wonderful in this idea that I'm sitting in front of my laptop and I make a movement and somebody in that mashup of, of a screen does a movement connected to how I move. That gives you a kind of it gives me kind of like a body sensation of connection and equality to a certain extent. Okay, I'm here, you're there, we connect, we are one, we are together. So, yeah, I love that because it, 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 you, go, you go past the pessimism, you go past the judgment and, and into this some form of space of universal, I don't know, possibility. Yeah, yeah. it also comes from this year of a, a lot of things are happening in mm -hmm. our domains and our sectors. And it's so little that we can do and we've been in our apartments close most of the time and yeah it's, it's kind of yeah we were trying to make connection in the in that space it's kind yeah. of to do that sensation of oh this is all terribly grown how we stop it we cannot do anything about it so it's, it's, it's a way of doing something the workshop is called dancing with the troubles of i so for in case listeners want to look for it. Yeah, we will also put the link in the description of these yeah. uh, episodes so you can go directly to the workshop. And um, so, Male and Luke, anything that you want, like, what, what would be like your perfect participant to the lectures, to the to the workshop? Like, like, nah, well, what type of person would you say? Well, if you're like this, then come join us or you say anybody's welcome. Come here. I don't know. We, I, I, my ideal participants are a mixture of different people. I always like to hear the point of view of the industry developers, but also anthropologists uh, that are coming to the conference. Uh, some people could be also disagreeing with the way of we're doing things. I would love to hear from them. Uh, yeah, I, I would like to have a mix. It's not it's not tailored to, to no. a certain discipline or, or yeah. space. I think something that makes the work and do, and doing this ritual um, the few times we have so valuable is that it's impossible to predict or plan for what you want to come out of it precisely because every time it's a different group of people and they react differently and they will have different kind of reflections afterwards. So it, the thing is made valuable partly by the different people that attend rather than saying you, you know you need to like this and this and this if you're gonna if you're gonna get anything out of it it's kind of it's more about like yeah the things created partly by us and partly by the people who attend okay so come as you are right yes, yes. Exactly. there are no the values that we're using we're taking it from the indigenous protocols um cyber queer movement mm -hmm. uh, techno feminist and lesbian associations so they are kind of um decent or pluriverse yeah. values yeah. so maybe with people with curiosity of all the ethical frameworks um there are some values there mm. And, and now one last question from my end. Um, 
why should people come to this conference? There's, there's just so many conferences everywhere. You know, it's 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 a year of almost technology burnout for um, for many people. You know, it's it's like too much time in front of screen and too little time somewhere else. Um, why why do you find it meaningful for people who come here? I think that the rename of the conference was really timely. Mm. I think uh, we kind of hear and talk and kind of work in the space of criticizing um, technology enough. I think it's more about embracing how can we generate changes? How can we work together? Um, this rephrase is, uh, I find it more positive and more inviting. Um, I think we have an overdosis of bad news. <laughs> and and just to start thinking more positively, positively and kind of, yeah, uh, try, starting to think how is that we can generate changes that we want. Um, it's more, it's, it's a better position. Or well, that's why invite me, I don't know. <laughs> that was my hook. Yeah, I, th I would agree. I think it's the... the the fact that it seemed like there was a real kind of recognition and determination to acknowledge the need to change the name to from um, from technology and anthropology to responsibility because precisely because if you if you bury yourself in the literature and all the media and discourses about mm -hmm. these kinds of topics that we're working with then you, you could very easily come out saying, well, we shouldn't be doing any of this at all. Like, you know, we should stop all of this immediately. But of course you can't. There's no way to, it's already here. All these things are already here. So it's better to find ways of working with them and limit as much as you possibly can the harms and amplify as much as you possibly can the potential for doing things better. Mm. Um, so that yeah there's something kind of like radically utopian about being response able rather than being responsible which is i just find that really yeah uh, hopeful in a time when i think we need some uh, some something to hope for rather than worry about <laughs> yeah that's wonderful uh no so i think this is this is our time is up Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. And I'm really looking forward uh, to both your um, paper and the workshop. Thank you, Karina. Yeah, thanks so much. Lovely for conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was really nice. Thank you for listening, everyone. Follow us on our social media channels and look at the show notes for links to our speaker's work. Join us next time for more interesting conversations.